Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Welcome to the program. Pete Callender here. Yeah. And uh, if you would like to send an email, it's Pete at the Pete Callender show dot com and on Twitter, which is where I uh, engage in debate with babies with frog emojis named beans. Um, well, the frog emoji is not named beans. They they call themselves bean. He calls himself beans. He's a he's a baby. Look at what he wants to be called. He put the pronouns, everything in his uh, in his bio. So uh, and said he's he self-identified as a baby, did some goo goo gaga thing. So, you know, who am I but one to accommodate these things? So um, that's where we do the wet work over there, messing with people like beans, <clears throat> which I don't think he still understands what's happening. But whatever, it doesn't matter, because yesterday was override Wednesday in the General Assembly. You get an overridden veto. You get an overridden veto. You get actually just Roy Cooper. Roy Cooper, Roy, you get a veto overridden. Six of them total. Boom, 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 boom. Was that six? I think so. Click, click, click. Yeah, I think so. There was all six. They came back into session. They had the full House. They had an almost full Senate. They had enough for their super majorities to override every single one of the six vetoes that they brought up for overriding and override them. They did over and over and over and riding and riding. Oh, it was fantastic. Oh, and the the crying, the crying from the lefties on the Twitter machine. Mm-mm-mm. Chef's kiss. Now, of course, the Democrats and the media, but I repeat myself, they have framed all of this as uh, attacks, taking aim, targeting transgender people. So we're going to spend a good bit of time listening to their dumbassery, but also also dismantling their dumbass arguments, because that's what that's what I do. I am a giver. And so I have the data, dare I call it the Fauci. I have the science here that supports these positions unlike the democrats who get up and just enter into this performative theatrical dance where they think that either you're stupid or maybe they are but they know the media is compliant with their arguments and so they enter into this dance of uh correlation is causation and i'm going to throw these two things out there and then you're going to be led to believe that one is causing the other and that's not true It's not true. Specifically, it's the you better be able to cut my kids genitalia off or they're going to die by their by suicide. They're going to kill them. So you better let me mutilate that kid's body or they're going to kill themselves. Those are the options because that's causation. And that's not true. Hasn't been true. But this is where we are. Media keeps promoting this argument. They, there's this one study out there. They ignore all of the other research, all of the other data and science. Ignore all of it. So let's start with the dumbassery 
from the floor of the House last night. I watched it, so you didn't have to. You're welcome. The uh, Let's start, actually, with the, the Fairness in Women's Sports Act. We're going to start there, because then there is also the ban on gender transition surgeries and treatments and such for minors. For minors. If you're an adult and you want to go down that path, you want to chop off various parts of your body, doctors will be happy to accommodate that. If you're Now, if you are simply trying to starve yourself to death through, like, bulimia or anorexia or whatever, I don't think that they affirm that. I don't think if you are transableist uh, and think that you should not be able to walk because you're missing your legs, I don't think that they would chop off your legs for that or blind you if you think that you're supposed to be blind. For some reason, those dysphoric um, uh, uh, afflictions, those are not affirmed by the medical community yet, yet, hold out hope, people, maybe you too will be able to blind yourself. Um, so we have all of, uh, we have all of these bills that come up and one of them is the fairness in women's sports act. So let me start there. I believe this one came up first. Um, and this is the headline. This is from our McClatchy folks, Charlotte observer and, uh, news and observer headline NC trans sports ban and limits on gender-affirming care for minors pass into law. So one of the things I've noticed here is whenever they talk about the types of, um, well, I don't want to go down this path yet, on the gender-affirming care, like just I'll put a, let me just tack that one up to the board and say for a moment that like that is the language of the activists on this topic. Gender-affirming care, that is not what is occurring. That is not an accurate depiction or description of what's occurring. That is the adoption of a narrative in order to try to win an argument before it even begins. Because, obviously, then what would the opposite side of a gender-affirming care argument be classified as, right? You would have to obviously be a gender-denying Well, no, a gender denying what a person. Yeah. No, the only person denying the gender are the people that are engaged in the quote affirmation of a, of, of an identity that is not the person's identity. We'll get there. So first this was called the fairness in women's sports act house bill 574. It had passed governor Cooper vetoed it. And now it came back. And Marsha to be overridden. And it was overridden because it was, of course, override Wednesday. So uh, it got overridden. Democrat representative from Durham, Marsha Morey, she said this bill was not necessary. Ladies and gentlemen, this is just a mean-spirited bill. We're not talking about world-class athletes, Olympic athletes, and someone being deprived of medal. We're talking about kids, middle school, high school, who try to find their and, identity. And All right, and, well, and college. Middle school, high school, and college, but also, where do you think the, quote, world-class athletes come from, right? They're in training in middle school, elementary school, actually, right, all the way through collegiate level. That's how you become the, quote, world-class athlete. 
And this does not actually affect world-class athletes. They have their own governing bodies. So this is just for the government-controlled schools that field the teams that are, yes, following the rules by, like, the North Carolina High School Athletic Association and that sort of thing. And what the what the law is now saying is that if you are a biological male, you do not get to go into the women's spaces and beat them out and win all of their trophies and get their scholarship money. You don't get to do that. That's a woman's space. Who try to find their reason to belong with others, especially if they have gender identity issues. This shouldn't be a law that the legislature passes. Let the governing sports bodies pass their regulations. They are much more attuned to fairness in sports than politicians are. I swam in the 1970 Olympics. I was beaten by women who are abusing performance-enhancing drugs. The government didn't step in. The Olympic Committee did. It was the right way to do it. But this bill that affects 10, 11, 12-year-olds who are just starting to learn about athletics, about competition, about sportsmanship, to some of these kids, it could be their lifeline to self-confidence and getting ahead. Please rethink your stance on this bill. Do what's right for the kids. Let the governing sports body for high school athletics make their decisions in the NCAA. Okay, so what if those organizations were coming down on the other side of this issue? Would you be okay with that? Or would you need to be more protective of these kids, right? When, the, when, when those organizations are also captured by this, this social contagion, because that's what this is, when those organizations are so too captured, then yes, then it requires a response. That's where we are. You, you, you don't get to lament the fact that we're having these, these battles because the conservatives didn't bring these battles. And it's not even conservatives. This was bipartisan. These, these vetoes were overridden with Democrats in the House. All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's military surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. Alrighty, so yesterday, override Wednesday, six different measures. The North Carolina legislature overrode the governor's veto. These things, uh, for the, a lot of them, become law immediately. One of them is the Fairness in Women's Sports Act. And uh, Democrats were not happy. Democrats did not like the idea that boys, biological boys, are going to be prohibited from competing in the female competitions. And uh, and so they, they urged their colleagues to vote against it. By the way, two Democrats did join with the Republicans on this 
uh, override. So it was a bipartisan overriding of the lame duck governor, my good friend Ray. Here is Maria Cervania. She is a Democrat from Wake County, and she said she had great opportunities as she was growing up in California. Great opportunities in her life due to sports. I don't often talk about this, too, but I represented our, our country on the United States women's floorball team and played in the world championships in 2005 and traveled all over the world because oh. of this. Oh, that must and have it was been nice. an opportunity again, a young eight-year-old child from a community of color mm-hmm. probably never having the opportunity to be able to see the world if it wasn't through sport. Mm-hmm. I get disheartened by the narrative that is actually being said. A locker room, and I'm not gonna dismiss the insecurities or the events that may have happened to young women or girls, but a locker room to me meant a place of functionality. It's where your team got together to share your goals and, and, and victories. Yeah. A place where you put on your uniform to represent your country or your school or your middle school. Yeah. And it's where your coaches made you a better person. Mm-hmm. And then the level of competition. Oh, all right, wait, wait a minute. So you're not going to dismiss the concerns or the events of what transpired in locker rooms that female athletes testified to you about, that they told you. These were things that occurred because you allowed males into the locker rooms, biological males that said they were females. You allowed them to come in. The courts allowed them to come in. And so now I have to look at this guy who's in an aroused state getting changed and watching us change. And and you did that to us. And so, ah, well, I mean, I don't want to address that per se. Well, of course you don't want to address that because that's a bit uncomfortable for you. I mean, not as uncomfortable as it was for the girls in the changing room. But no, no, let's just zoom right past that. Just fast forward through that part and let's just watch the the big victory speech and the celebration after you guys won. Unless, of course, you got beaten by like a, a trans girl on the other team, then I guess there would be no victory for you or you had all of your your records, you know, uh, blown up because, like, the powerlifting, transgender powerlifting uh, competitor, just what, the other day, two days ago, just blew up all of the world records for amount of weightlifting that, that he was able to do in the female competition. Yeah, I'm sure, just, you mean that kind of victory? Competing against people better than you is the ability to grow yourself in your sportsmanship ah. and your ability in that sport. Okay. Hmm. That's the whole foundation of this. It should be sportsmanship. Ah, all right. Well, then let's just get rid of all of the, um, all of the scholarships, right? Just get rid of all the scholarships. Why bother even creating teams of, like, the best players? Why have varsity and junior varsity and that sort of stuff just because if it's all about sportsmanship everybody gets a trophy right this is this is somebody who competed at the olympic level that's trying to tell you that oh it's not about the competition to see who's best it's about the sportsmanship Mm. yeah i know i kind of think it's about the winning i think that's I, i do think that's part of it i'm not saying it's not partly about sportsmanship but i'm thinking it's also about the winning. <laughs> That's especially at the Olympic level. Yeah, what do I know? I've never been in the Olympics. Or have I? No, I haven't. 
All right, more on that in a minute. First, let me tell you, the Heritage Life Skills event was fantastic. Every year, Bill and Jan Sturette organize the event to help people get educated on how to be prepared for anything. The Sturettes own Carolina Readiness Supply, 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials you'll need for any kind of emergency. Food, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies, because being prepared is just smart. The Heritage Life Skills event brings education and vendors from all over to help people do just that. I was honored to be able to be a small part of it. And whether you're an experienced prepper, have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you in Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Let me read a couple of tweets here from Gary. It's a Pete tweet. And he says, Pete, so this Democrat representative thinks little girls should lose scholarships, get concussions and have their self-esteem hurt and possibly physically and emotionally traumatized because she wants boys to play sports with girls and be in their locker rooms. Yes, I think that is correct. Gary, what does uh, Governor Ray, my good friend Ray Cooper, what does he have to gain by having popular bills uh, overridden his veto of popular bills overridden with Democrat votes. What is what does he gain here? Are he and his comms team that out of touch? Is it about raising money? It seems like it would possibly make it harder for Josh Stein, the governor in waiting, uh, current attorney general who doesn't ever do his job, uh, to move to the center. Right. So it is all you got. So you have to remember that the Democratic Party is captured by the far left, right? They they have to do the things. They have to align themselves. Look at the defund the police movement, right? Same thing, same dynamic. And look at the reaction. I covered this the other day. The vi- literally violent reaction against what are otherwise very liberal Democrats in elected positions in Asheville that are targeted Because they had the temerity to suggest, hey, you know what? Maybe we should hire some more cops. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So same thing. Roy Cooper needs the money flowing. He needs to keep the money flowing. Because if the money stops, then he has zero power. So uh, he's he's playing, you know, the role of uh, Democrat Party kingmaker here, a la Jim Hunt. So Maria Cervania, Democrat from Wake County, she said during the floor debate over the fairness in women's sports yesterday, uh, during the override of the veto, she said that, look, this idea of biological males competing against biological females in female sports, in their leagues, in their games and such, this is not that big of a deal, people. Right now, transgender women are not winning across the board. Go on to Google and see. They're not the best world champion, record-breaking what? women. What? They are competing like all of us, like everyone else. Okay, I just mentioned like two days ago, three days ago, there was the power lifter that shattered all of the records. There was Leah Thomas or William, Th- I forget what, the swimmer that shattered the records in the competitions against Riley Gaines that prompted Riley Gaines to become a warrior on this topic. Once she graduated from Kentucky and came to North Carolina, told her story to this representative. Apparently it doesn't matter. 
No, no, no. The stories that you hear of men going into women's sports and beating them, those are those are all in your imagination. They're not they're, that's not happening. It's not happening. Okay, so remember, this is the standard approach in all of these debates, just like with the voter ID stuff. It's first you say it's not happening. Then when presented with the evidence that actually it is happening, which this woman should have been presented with that evidence if she was doing her job and paying attention to all of the testimony that was collected on this matter. But whatever, if let's say if she's exposed to it, maybe then she um, maybe then she learns that it actually is happening. And then the next stage is, well, it's not happening that much, which, by the way, we heard that argument. It's only like two two people in the entire state. Right. So we heard that argument as well, that it's not happening that much. And then it's like, well, it's not enough to affect the outcomes of something. And then when you show that it actually does have all of these impacts, it robs women of scholarship funds, it robs them of of security and safety in their locker rooms and uh, and privacy concerns. When you show them all of the different aspects, then it's just uh, radio silence for a little while and then re-rack the arguments and make them again. And it's the same pattern. Over and over and over and over again, because it's not actually about settling the discussion. It's not about arriving at a place where, because like there, there is a way forward on this. It's not about arriving at a at, at a uh, compromised position. No, it's about the fundraising. It's about keeping voters animated and activated, and this is what does it. This is what trips the trigger. For the leftists, they believe that this is a this is uh, there's a lot of money. I've gone over this before with the LGBTQ plus two IASL, whatever it is like the they they have a lot of money that has supported the Democratic Party for years. And it was all focused for most of that time around gay marriage approval. And when they won gay marriage, a lot of the uh, the sort of more moderate the liberal, like the the Bill Mars of the party, right? The the more moderate and 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 liberals, not leftists. They left. They were like, mission accomplished, victory is ours. Celebrate, and now we move on. And fundraising becomes harder, unless, of course, you can say, whoa, 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 the fight is just beginning, though. Our work is not done. Oh wait, what? What? Oh man, it's okay. We have to have the annual gala. And raise all of the money. You're still going to get the fundraising letters. You're still going to. So this is, there's a cottage industry. This is a business, right? So there is, there is a, a, an incentive to continue the fight, even if the original uh, arguments don't exactly line up and the mission doesn't line up. And this is why when you have the, the uh, exit of a lot of the quote-unquote normies, right? The normal people kind of leave. And, and this happens in all of these types of movements where once victory is attained, a lot of the the people that found themselves connected to these movements because they were motivated by grave injustice, they win because their their mission is noble and whatever, they win, and then they go away. They go back to their normal lives. And who's left? The most radical elements inside the movement. And that's where they are now. And because they are trading on, they're piggybacking on the reputation and uh, the esteem that the gay marriage movement built 
among corporations, among all, that's how that's how you know, all of this stuff just shifted right over to this to the T in the LGBT, right? It all just shifted there. All the resources, all the attention. And well, I guess if they were right about the gay marriage, they must be right about this. No, they're not. <laughs> they're not right about this. They're not. Trans swimming problem. World Aquatics, they actually may have figured this out. You know what they've decided to do? An open category. So you have men's, you have women's, and then you have open. And that's anybody. Anybody can compete there. And we'll see how it goes. See? I offer solutions. You know me. I'm all about solutions. Now, this this representative, Maria Cervania, uh, she also said lawmakers who have never played sports should be ignored on this topic because they've never played sports. And she played field hockey and was in the Olympics for the floorball, women's floorball, which I've never heard of, but she was there at the Olympics. And Marsha Mori, Democrat, against this. And she was an Olympic swimmer who apparently lost to a bunch of doped-up competitors. And then the Olympic people were like, no, you can't be on all of these hormones and stuff. Oh, wait a minute. Hmm. Weird. Anyway, uh, we should listen to these two representatives because they played sports and a couple of the Republicans who are introducing this while they are female. They apparently may not have played all of the sports. And so we should not listen to them. We should listen to her and Marsha Mori who have. But also, not just that, we are supposed to ignore all of the female athletes who support the legislation, too, who showed up at the chambers last night for the vote. The chair is happy to extend the courtesies of the gallery to former Hiawassee Dam high school volleyball player Peyton McNabb and her parents Daniel and Pamela, her sister Avery from Murphy, elite women's cyclist who medaled in the world, national and regional cycling events Evie Edwards, and daughter Emma from Asheville, former head coach for the women's basketball team at UNC Chapel Hill, Sylvia Hatchell, whose team won the 1994 NCAA championship, won more than 1,000 career games, and was inducted into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame in 2013 and was honored just this past weekend uh, with a bench in the Naismith Championship Coaches Legacy Garden. Would you all please stand so we could welcome you, and thank you for being here. Thank you for being with us today. All right, don't listen to them. I do not. I mean, you can applaud them. That's fine. But do not listen to them when they say what they think about this legislation. Because while they may be athletes and all, uh, reasons. Okay. Let me go over here to James. Hello, James. Welcome to the program. How are you? Oh, fine. How are you doing? Hey, I'm good. What's going on? Um, uh, I didn't hear you mention this, but the, the, the fact is that, uh, you and I are not allowed to hold the opinions we hold about this. Is that because we're dudes? No, that's oh. because we don't agree with the alphabet people. Well, well, some of the alpha, I agree with some of the alphabet people because some of them don't think that males should be playing in the female competitive sports either. Well, that and the fact that uh, um, I have one friend who is a lesbian who Uh-oh. has been called transphobic because oh, yeah. he doesn't want to sleep with men. Right. Yeah. So this is an interesting dividing line now developing, too, between lesbians and transgenders because you have people that are saying well look i am a trans female and they have all of the equipment of a biological male and so they want to go have relations with the lesbian females who are biological females and they're like i'm not attracted to that equipment and they're like oh well that just means you hate transgender people Mm -hmm. yeah if, if you disagree 
it's immediately, well, you hate us. Yes. It's not a case of, uh, frankly, I don't care what kind of clothes that you wear, but you're not going to be able to go into my daughter's uh, locker room. Look, so much of this stuff is sexual preference and fetish. I mean, it really is. And you, I, I am not required to affirm or validate your fetish, anyone's fetish, right? Like, just because you, was it, uh, oh, it was, yeah. Well, I will just say a person very close to me said yesterday that uh, there, uh, there's a, a librarian or something that was like uh, with a beard and a dress. And, and this is local. And I was, and I'm just thinking like, that's a fetish, right? There is something that that person is trying to get validated about. Because if you're not trying to pass, then what is the point of that, right? It's to put it, it's a, it is a, it's an aggressive, transgressive kind of um, uh, approach, right? It is antagonistic. It is, look at me, and you have to now agree with how I present myself. And and if you say anything about it, then that's going to mean you're afraid of me you're, or you're hateful, you're a bigot of some kind. And uh, and it's not. It just it used to be if you had that kind of fetish or any kind of fetish, you just keep it to yourself. This is where I come down on this stuff. Like, I don't need to know this. I don't care. I don't care who people are sleeping with and, 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 and how they get their jollies. I don't care. But yeah. I have, I have got. I've always had friends who were homosexuals and or lesbians. I don't care about what they do in the privacy of their own bedroom. I never have. That was the whole argument on gay marriage, too. Yeah, and the thing is that now we are being told that we have to support these people in what was it ten years ago was being considered a mental health problem. Not even it. It was delisted in the DSM uh, as a mental disorder. Uh, it was only like three years ago or something like that where it was taken off. Yeah. So I, but we're, but we are supposed to agree with them. Correct. Right. And otherwise, it means you are a phobe. You're afraid. Yeah, afraid of them. Uh, James, I appreciate the call. And look, it's this is not fear. And I've said it over and over and over again. I'll say it again now, which is, I have sympathy. I have empathy for people who have a condition that tells them that something about them is not true and something about them is not correct. I cannot imagine what that must feel like to have your brain telling you all the time that this is not correct, that you should not have your arm or you should not have an appendage, you know, in your pelvic area. Like, I don't know what that is like. Absolutely. But I do know this, that studies from nations that have been on this path for a lot longer than we have, They indicate that these feelings go away for the vast majority of people. We're going to get to that next.